We continue reading a portion of Paul's letter to the Corinthians in the 15th chapter. Listen again for God's word. If for this life only we have hoped in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have died. For since death came through a human being, the resurrection of the dead has also come through a human being. For as all die in Adam, so all will be made alive in Christ, but each in his own order. Christ the first fruits, then at his coming those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father after he has destroyed every ruler and every authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. The word of the Lord. As some of you may know, we've spent our time during Lent and Holy Week and now today on Easter morning reflecting on rituals in the church, rituals we participate in here at St. Andrew. You've already done today's ritual. It's the greeting on Easter morning. Christ is risen. This morning, we'll not only reflect on the ritual and the sermon, but we're going to use it to see who stays awake during the sermon. (laughs) So every time you hear me say Christ is risen, you are to say... Christ is risen. risen All right, you got to figure it out. Christ is risen. risen It is a ritual. Not just words to be said, but a ritual that gives us permission to believe in the resurrection without fully understanding the resurrection. This ritual goes back to the early church. In fact, the early church traces the origin of this ritual to a a story that, that took place just a few days after they had discovered the empty tomb. If you read a little farther in the Gospel of Luke, you you come across, as many of you know, the story of of some of the followers of Christ on the way to Emmaus. They find a stranger walking with them, and the stranger said, By the way, what's been happening in Jerusalem these days? And the reply is, the Lord has risen indeed. With those words, we discover they had settled on their story. They'd gotten their story straight, if you will. The tomb was empty. Christ was raised from the dead. God had transformed death into life. They're probably not sure exactly what that means, exactly what the implications are, but they've come up with a a shorthand way of communicating to each other this incredible thing. Sort of the brevity of a tweet, if you will. The Lord has been, the Lord has risen indeed. 
And that becomes the basis of their Christian belief. It becomes what shapes them as people who believe in the resurrection. Even if they can't explain the empty tomb, they can step out in faith and lay claim to what the empty tomb means. Christ is risen. So here you are at Easter worship. You know why you're here. If we each listed our top three reasons, we'd find a lot of different reasons for gathering today. But I think at some level, all of us are here looking for something more. Somehow hoping that in hearing about resurrection and proclaiming the God of resurrection, that it will touch us, mean something to us. That's what Paul is getting at in his letter to the Corinthians. Christ being raised from the dead brings a new power to bear. The power to turn death into life. The power to give hope in the face of what seems hopeless. The power to change our lives. We don't know what it looks like. Exactly. We don't know what resurrection is. Exactly. But you do not have to name it exactly, nor explain it completely. We have the gift of this ritual, which gives voice to our belief and becomes the hope in which we live and die, accompanied by the resurrected one. Christ is risen. This ritual also reminds us of the possibilities the resurrection opens for us. Paul reminds us that the empty tomb has greater meaning than just the, the reality of the empty tomb. As amazing as finding that stone rolled away and, and no one there is, the implications are even greater. God has changed the trajectory of the world. Final death is no longer the end game. Transformation, new life, and eternal life. They're now in play. And that's bigger and scarier than just an empty tomb. Barbara Brown Taylor suggests that why the followers of Christ were scared by the empty tomb. They didn't know what to do with it. They knew what to do with a dead body. The women going to the tomb that morning took the spices necessary. They knew what to do with the dead body of Jesus they knew how to grieve the death of someone. They're probably a couple of days into it. Many of them had been through the death of a friend or a loved one before. The dead body might bring tears to their eyes as sadness overwhelmed them, but they knew what to do with a dead body. But what strikes fear in them is the discovery that there is no body. 
Christ has been raised from the dead, their reality and the world had been changed. To believe in the resurrection, to believe in the God who resurrects, means surrendering yourself to the future possibilities. As Eleanor of Aquitaine, the wife of King Henry II of England, says in in a scene from The Lion in Winter, in a world where carpenters get resurrected, anything can happen. Are you ready for that? It could mean embracing death with confidence in the eternal life that waits. It means reading about Christians killed this morning in Sri Lanka because they showed up for church on Easter morning. And in the midst of that grief and that tragedy, believing that God is still at work. That God is calling us from the depths of despair into a future God puts before us. Or it could be mean moving through your grief and the assurance that the joy of Christ waits for you. It could mean making the changes necessary in your life to allow you to grow into the person God is calling you to be. It could mean seizing the new opportunity that is so scary you can't even imagine going for it. It could mean breaking away from the brokenness you have known and accepted to remake yourself in the new way you hear God calling you to be. Laying claim to the resurrection means turning yourself over to the God of endless possibilities. Christ is risen. The first time those words were shared, it wasn't in a a full sanctuary. It wasn't as a public spectacle. It was a few witnesses telling a few other people. The women came back from the empty tomb and told the disciples the tomb is empty. We remember the disciples did not believe at first. They had to go see for themselves. And what did they do? They went and told a few other disciples. Perhaps words spoken quietly so no one else overheard. Perhaps said with a hug or a kiss, joyfully confirming the words spoken. But they were shared one-on-one or in small groups like those first followers on the road to Emmaus. As the greeting developed, as the ritual developed, it became a a greeting you would do with the person you met as you're gathering for worship, not just on Easter. But you would see someone, and and instead of, hello, Christ is risen. A quick way of identifying who you were to another person with whom you share this incredible hope. It reminds us that the first Easter gathering was not 
a public event. Easter's a big event now. Lots of candy to sell, lots of Easter egg hunts, big crowds at church. We announce Christ is risen as a group greeting. But that first Easter, Jesus didn't go public. There were no crowds. There were no people to witness the resurrection. The story could have been played out differently. Think about it. If, if they really wanted to, to make a big deal, the resurrected Christ could have walked into Pontius Pilate's office. I'm here to see Governor Pilate, please. I'm sorry, sir. Is the governor expecting you? I think not. <laughs> or Jesus could have taken his resurrected self down to the temple and paraded around the chief priests. What do you think of all those arguments you had now? Or go to the barracks of the Roman soldiers. Uh, whoever gambled and won my clothes, would you mind giving them back? Instead, he turns to his followers. One-on-one. -on -one. They share two-to-two. -two. Small groups. He invites them to believe. He turns to us. And he invites us to believe. He turns to you you and you and you and you he says here I am I'm back from the dead believe it let me transform your life join me in my death and my resurrection. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen.